This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, happy new year, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, Kathleen Miner, and she's all about positivity and she's going to talk about challenges in nonprofit leadership, health and fitness, social media's impact on children, monetization, and this episode will be fantastic for all the female entrepreneurs, guests listening on the show. So Kathleen, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. It's so exciting to meet you. I say in person, <laughs> right? This is yeah. awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording from Houston, Texas and St. Augustine. And, and I love your positivity and your energy. So set the stage, talk about your experiences and how that led you to do what you're doing now. Oh, goodness. So, I, you know, I just turned 52 years old, which is crazy, right? So mm-hmm. the older we get, the more things we have that we've done that has led us to a place where we are, right? And of course, we don't think about that when we're younger. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the story keeps getting longer. Well, I hope it keeps getting longer because I'd like to live a really, really long time. Um, So right now where I am in my life, I am, you know, I have four children. I have three grandkids and all of my children now starting this this year. Well, that was it's 24 now. 23 are all out of the house. So two youngest are at college. My other two are married, have families. So that's put a whole different spin on my life as well, right? So being a stay-at-home mom for so long. But I am the CEO and co-founder of two tech companies. And honestly, if you would have asked me this even three years ago, I would have wondered where, where this came from. Like it was not even a little inkling in my brain at that point. So how I got to this was two totally kind of different reasons but it all took me to this one place. Um, The first one is I I work a lot over the years with entrepreneurs, people that want to start businesses, or, you know, I was the uh, youngest supervisor at the Mayo Clinic when I was 24 years old because I worked my way up. I love leadership and I love customer service. So a friend of mine and I started realizing that we need a platform where business owners, content creators, you know, people that are out there doing their stuff have a place where they can not only post their videos and things like that, but they can receive tips. They can charge for videos if wanted, right? But they don't have adult content, right? This is not adult content world for us right now where I'm in. (laughs) And not only that, we needed a social site to connect with it. So we have made that. We have created that. So years of working with mainly women and some men on creating their lives from the inside out has led me to that part. The other part, and I said two companies, is because the other one that we're launching next month, it's already completed. It's just you can only have so many balls in the air at one time, is for kids. So um, with my own experience, unfortunately, with one of my children who got into the whole um, social media world and the things that happened Mm -hmm. in our lives, in their lives and all of ours, right? It's a whole family thing. 
was really a bad situation. And it led us down a road of things I never thought I would have to deal with in my life, you know, from self-harm to all other kinds of things. And when I finally got a hold of that cell phone, meaning I was checking the cell phone every night. Let me just like paint you a little picture. I am the mom that's like, you would probably call me a helicopter mom. I'm the one that checks cell phones. I, I tell the kids I've, I'm going to have the passwords. I pay for the phone. I'm checking the phone, right? Like <laughs> Just so they know. All phones have to be plugged in downstairs by 10 p.m., no exceptions. And that's the way we lived our lives. Now, with my older two kids who are 29 and 32 now, the worst thing we had to worry about with cell phones then was why are you getting texts at 11 p.m., right? Why is somebody texting you? So that's when my whole, okay, phone's downstairs. None of my kids got cell phones till they were in high school. And of course, according to my kids, I was the only mother ever. We were the only parents that did not allow our kids to have cell phones. Now you know that's a lie. But so I felt like I really had this together. And so I was checking my kids' phones and I wasn't seeing anything. I mean, I was like, well, it's kind of boring. They're doing whatever. Well, that's why I say when I finally got a hold of the phone, once we went down a really bad road, I saw what was happening. So they can hide apps behind apps, mm. right? Which I did not know. So something that might look like the camera on your phone, if you click it, could be Snapchat, could be TikTok, could be anything else, but what that icon really is. So when I looked on the phone to see what they were seeing, I was like, oh my God, how do you cut yourself without your parents knowing? Um, how do you get yourself in, you know, involved in, you know, get, get admitted to a psych ward? I mean, the things that I was seeing on the phone of these teenagers that were recording themselves basically teaching other teenagers and preteens on how to do things. Mm. I was really flabbergasted, to be honest. It was a world I didn't even know existed. So in saying all of that, um, our kids, and, and I, well, let me just preface it, let me just say, um, we are in a really good place now, right? It took a couple years for us to get out of that rut, out of the all of this damage that influences happened. And these are influences, like you always say, like, watch who your kids are hanging out with. Well, you want to know what? You also got to watch who they're watching on social media and everywhere else because those are their people now, right? Mm. It's not like when I was younger and possibly when you were younger, you look younger than me, but when we were out and about and, you know, it's your friends had to come over to the house or you had to see them at school or whatever. I mean, they've got a whole world of people right here on this phone. So we're in a good place now. And this is why I'm doing what I do now. <laughs> um, because we had to kind of get through that. But we're creating, we've created a site where kids can, you know, these creative kids that want to put their stuff online, that make things and, and teach people stuff. I mean, right now you'll see some of that on YouTube. However, our problem with YouTube is that it's not really monitored with anything but bots. So when you are on, your kid's watching something you think is totally innocent. And in between that, an advertisement comes on that is totally inappropriate, right? Whether it's nudity um, or self-harm or drinking drugs, whatever. You don't know unless you're sitting there with your children. So this, what we've created is a very unique platform that you actually have to be verified also to get on. The parent has to verify you. The, the child, whoever's putting content on has to be verified. Um, so anyway, that is like, there's so much more that goes into this, but that's how I ended up where I am right now with yeah. these tech companies that I, I didn't, it wasn't even in my radar 
before. Yeah. So interesting. Um, you know, we'll talk about the um, advice for parents navigating the digital landscape for their kids. Um, but the, you mentioned something really interesting, and that's monetizing expertise and passion. And you know, you've created platforms for people right. to do this. Um, yep. What advice can you offer those looking to utilize their skills um, that's both fulfilling and financially beneficial? Yeah, I would say to find a platform. There's so many things out there, right? But find something that's easy for people to get to so they can find your stuff, they can find your great content, and have. Don't be afraid to put it out there. That's another thing. You've got nothing to lose here. I mean, have you all seen the things that are out there? You're going to be fine. Like, <laughs> so put it out there. Don't be afraid to put it out there. But the other thing is find a place where, you know, say you don't want to charge for your videos because you'd really like to educate people. This is what you do. Maybe you don't have a course, but you'd like to go ahead and, and entertain or educate is what we call it. Then, you know what? This is a find a place where you can get tips. Tips meaning money tips, right? So just by somebody watching your video, because you can't do that over on YouTube right now, but you can definitely do it. So the, the site's called ZZ Adam. So it's, a, it's an app. Within that app, there's a place called ZZ Fans, F-A-N-Z, ZZ Fans. And we want everybody to realize that your customers and your clients, they're all your fans. So the fans has gotten kind of like a really bad rap when um, OnlyFans came out. Not that it's a bad thing. I mean, if you're on OnlyFans, let me just tell you, people are knocking it out of the park making money over there, okay? <laughs> if you can do that, go for it. But we also wanted to make it so that if you have more mainstream content, that you could still get those same benefits of something like that and not be mixed in. Because I, I will say, if you want to monetize your stuff, find a platform that separates out adult content and mainstream content because you have you might have the same user base right somebody might like one might like the other but when people are going to something specific they're going for that reason but um i would say definitely just try it you have nothing to lose and find something that you can monetize on so many people are giving away their information for free on youtube and instagram especially right? It's just in TikTok. They're giving it away for free. So have a yeah. chance to monetize. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's, uh, you know, you, there's so many, you know, funny stories, but, and just like YouTube, it's like, uh, you know, just put it out. I mean, there's thinking, I can't remember how many hours of videos are uploaded, you know, per second, but it's, it's, it's enormous. So just, uh, it is. We, yeah. So, and then kind of next thing is, uh, you, you also, um, talk about, you know, running challenges in nonprofit leadership, and you've uh, led global nonprofit like Hopeful Handbags, um, and share some of the most significant obstacles you faced and how you've overcome them, supporting uh, survivors of domestic abuse, it's, and um, enlighten the audience. Absolutely. So my mother grew up in a very abusive home. Mm. So her father not only abused my grandmother, but all of the children. And this is the reason why I started Hopeful Handbags Global. As I grew up, I always knew that the way that they were living across the street, I say that because that's where my grandparents lived. With My mom had siblings that were mine and my sister's age. I always wondered, that's not normal, and why does she stay? And that stuck with me, <laughs> I mean, forever. And so in 2016, I got certified after raising my kids. I, mean, I had some kids still at home. But after raising my kids, I went and got certified to be a domestic abuse advocate because I still 
that lingered in my head of why do they stay? And my grandmother passed away about 35 years ago. You know, she passed away of a brain injury and you can only be hit so many times. That's what I think happened. Mm. So this is always stuck with, you know what, if my grandmother had a place to go or a place to call that there was no judgment at all, would mm. she have taken those kids that were still left at the house and done something different? So with that being said, I started Hopeful Handbags Global in 2017 and I started it basically first in my area in Florida and started collecting handbags. So my grandmother loved her handbag no matter what was happening. She brought that handbag with her. I remember going to JCPenney's with my mom to help her pick out a new handbag. I mean, it was those kind of things because it was a really big deal. And uh, she would fill it with things that she needed because whenever she would leave with the kids, that's what she'd take with her. All, it was always right there. So I started collecting that in necessities and that just grew. It just grew. So it grew from handbags to being helped with multiple other things. So it also grew in proximity, right? So throughout the U.S., uh, we're now in seven other countries. And we are just not only are we filling handbags, which are called hopeful handbags, and we have drop-off locations. So businesses get involved to be drop-off locations, which allows us to open up that conversation of domestic abuse and let people realize that they have places to, to get out to. But I will say, you know, sometimes one of the obstacles that we faced was getting people to want to talk about it. Simply, simply getting people to want to talk about it. And that's opened up a bit more because we take a bit of a softer approach to it. Uh, also, a lot of people automatically assume when you say domestic abuse, and it, let me just say, we people typically say domestic violence. We have changed everything. We do not use the word violence. We use the word abuse. Mm. And we do that because there's so many different kinds of abuse. Because when you say the word violence, people typically think of right away, okay, well, then they must be getting hit. It must be physical contact. And that's not always the case, right? Mm. There's a lot of different kinds of abuse. So that has been able to allow us to open up that conversation just a little bit more so yeah. that people feel a little bit more comfortable talking about it. Because once you open up the conversation, you find out so much information and people start to realize. But we at Hopeful Handbags, since we take a different approach, which we love, is that we have different programs. and it just makes it a little more comfortable, makes people realize that, you know what, also not only are you going to get help, but you have the opportunity to help others. And people love to help others. And people heal by helping others. So that's how that has grown. And we also, so we have three different pillars. It's the handbags and the helping, which is our Shine and New programs, which are acronyms. And then we have self-defense. We believe everybody should be able to defend themselves. Now, this is not just from domestic abuse. This is for like just being in the world, mm -hmm. okay? just getting out of your car at night, you know, looking around. What is it that you need to look for? So this year in 2024 is the first time that we are going to be certifying women to be able to teach other women self-defense. And we're doing that in the United States and in the United Kingdom. Our head of self-defense, we have a head of self-defense that's a male and one that's a female. The one that's a male actually is our Caribbean president, and he is doing trainings down there. And then the one that's the UK, in the UK is our women's leader for our self-defense. And then we have a special project. So our special project in the past year and a half and still ongoing is Kenya. So what we do is we are helping the schools in rural areas of Kenya to get water harvesting tanks because they don't have running water. 
And what's happening is the kids are getting really ill with waterborne illnesses. Now, we have done 10 tanks so far. There are 5,000, excuse me, 10,000 liter tanks. And since then, there has been no reported waterborne illnesses within those schools. And that's because we also make the tank big enough that the community can use it. Because what was happening was they're having to go, you know, with the buckets because they all had to bring water to school. Everybody's getting water from different locations. And the teachers are getting water from different locations. Some of them are still lakes. Some of them are, are streams that have runoff of toxic material. And when the kids are drinking these things and they're all from different areas, you know what happens, right? Now, now, they're, now they're ill. And it's interesting because if you do drink something, not all the time, sometimes you can still get ill, but from an area consistently, you might get a little bit of an immunity to it, right? So maybe you won't get as sick, but they go start mixing other water in then they were getting sick. So that is one of our biggest, um, our outreach project that we're doing right now. And the thing I love about it, we raise money for that separately. And when we raise money for that, we are, we also put in their labor. So the people that are working on these tanks live in the communities. They're part of our HH Kenya board, which is Hopeful Handbags Kenya board. And they're also being paid a fair rate for labor. Um, and not only that, they are teaching other community members that trade mm. so that they can go on and help build more water tanks. So yeah. we're doing that and the toilets. Wow. Don't, sanitation is, is a big issue in rural Kenya. Yeah. So there's been a lot of things that we've faced, right, when it comes to, okay, here we go. <laughs> but you know what our, our, my thought process in life in general is? You know what? There's always a way. There's always a way. We might have to work a little harder. We might have to talk to some more people. But if we know that it's right in our hearts and we know it's leading us in the right direction, we're going for it. Like, we're going to make it happen. And we have. We have made it happen. So our goal is to do one tank a month, and then we're now we're starting on the toilets as well. How can people find out more about you and the work that you do? Uh, they can go to hopefulhandbags.org, and all of our information is on there. Yeah. And for all the audience out there listening, Kathleen, for coming on, you know, talking about social media's impact on children, monetizing expertise and passion and challenges in nonprofit leadership. All of her resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to give her a like and follow on all her platforms. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Have a fabulous day.